Hello, and thank you for joining This Is Just a Phase. I'm your host, Jonathan Kent. I want to remind you that you can listen to this podcast on Spotify, Apple iTunes, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, and any other major podcast platform. Also, if you listen to me on Spotify or Apple iTunes, please go over and leave me a review. Uh, Let me know how I can improve this podcast or if I'm doing a killer job. It just gives me a little bit of a pat on the back, metaphorically anyways. Um, Also, if you could leave me a three, four, five-star review, that would greatly uh, help my chances of getting the podcast out to more and more people, uh, which I would really appreciate as well. Um, I want to make a little note before we get started that uh, in the beginning of the episode, I had a little bit of a flub. Uh, when talking about uh, Mike's previous band, The Loblaws, I referred to it t- to the band as uh, The Loblows several times because uh, I can't read my own handwriting and I was reading off the piece of paper, so I kept saying The Loblows instead of The Loblaws. Uh, but Mike ended up uh, referring to the band name uh, the proper way later on in the episode, so that was my that was my mess up. So my bad. Uh, that happens from time to time when I when I screw up things like that. Anywho, uh, one last thing before we get started with this episode. Uh, if you're into some killer punk rock and uh, like a little bit of uh, variety in your punk rock, you should go head over to thisisjustarecordlabel.bandcamp.com and check out the brand new release from the Columbus, Ohio band, The Plan B's. Uh, they have a uh, their debut EP over there. It's called Catch a Break, and it's five songs of killer melodic skate punk meets pop punk. Um, really great album, and you can get that for $8 on CD, plus shipping, or $6 digitally. Also, we have releases from the Prozacs, Letters, uh, Gatlin, as well as uh, two incredible compilations. Uh, so I implore you to go over and check that out. Again, that is, this is just a record label.bandcamp.com. That being said, Jay, take us away. And you've got no self-esteem There's a hole inside your head With no vision to be seen Let's go Let's go Let's go Every day wake up with the same boring routine You're content with the new wall And the same old boring scene Let's go Let's go Let's go Let's go Let's go On this fantastic episode, I have the absolute pleasure of sitting down and chatting with Mike Patton 
of the bands Vista Blue, The Loblaws, and The Robinsons, as well of the podcast The Radiant Radish Radio Program, After Hours Horror Podcast, and The Snow in Southtown Podcast. We chat about his band Vista Blue and their brand new album Stay Gold, which was released September 1st on Radiant Radish Records and Out Loud Records. We chat about the origin of the band's name and their early years of baseball themed songs, and gradually writing about different themes such as Olympic curling, horror-based song seasons, A Christmas Story, and much more, thus making the band much more diverse. We also touch on influences, fun stories involving him growing up in the New Orleans scene and covering Better Than Ezra, his rude awakening after moving to Nashville, our shared love of Power Pop, Fountains of Wayne, and the Gin Blossoms, as well as an early write-up about the band and so much more. So sit back and turn up this episode of This Is Just a Phase. Here's a song from that new album from Vista Blue, Stay Gold, entitled Cherry. Mike, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. No problem. Thanks for having me. It's awesome. You're welcome. I, I've I've been a fan of your your blue and um your previous one of your previous bands, the Low Blows. Um, so I was really psyched to finally get you on the program because, like, I feel like talking to you. There's lots of layers to unravel with with you in in your bands and um. I was really fortunate enough that you that you said yes that you, you would be willing to come on and I'm really excited for this one. Oh no, no problem. We love podcasts. You know, I podcast a lot, and so we love. Yeah, we definitely we do podcast theme songs. You know, I've been podcasting since like 2009, 2010. So I like podcasting as much as I like music. So yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Me too. I, I, even though I'm just just a year and a half in, like I I really enjoy it a lot. Um, and I was really fortunate enough that I that I took the dive into doing it because it's been so rewarding and so much fun to do. 
yeah, it's really flexible. You know, it's, it's, you know, not, not much of a commitment. You kind of do it when you can, you know, it's, it's really fun. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I was on a rigid schedule there for a while. And then, then I had things like moving and just, just life things. Right. And you, yeah, I mean, you could keep it structured when you need to. Um, and then, you know, when you need to be more flexible, you can. So exactly. And, and I'm lucky enough that I have, a pretty good core group of listeners that if I do go a couple weeks without releasing anything, it's not the end all be all. I know they'll return and, and listen right. to what I put out next. So it's I'm pretty awesome. fortunate in that, in that way. Yeah. <laughs> well, for the listener, I am talking to Mike Patton of the band Vista blue and formerly of um, the low blows and the Robinsons. Um, you're also um, you also do a po- radio program in Tennessee called the Radiant Radish um, that has been going on for quite a number of years. And I just want to uh, let the listener know um, I'm really happy to have you on this program, man. Uh, no, thanks for having me. It's really awesome. It's an honor anytime someone wants to talk to us. So yeah, it's great. Yeah, I I. I, I I've noticed in the recent years, probably ever since, probably since you did seasons, um, more and more people are dropping your band. Like they're, they're, they're mentioning your band. They're mentioning, you know, they're playing songs from, you know, whatever on Spotify or, you know, put up on Facebook. And it's really, you've been doing Vista Blue since 2015? 2015, yeah. And, um, Let's let's start let's let, let's start about the uh, let's start with the uh, beginning of uh, you forming Vista Blue and, and kind of work our way back. Okay, so uh, I don't know if you know the band the Euchers. Have you heard of those guys? I have heard of them. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Brandon from the Euchers runs um, Mooster Records. Okay, and he's an awesome dude. And um, he we just knew each other online. He had met my brother and stuff, um, and so he was coming to town to record with his band, the Euchers. And uh, I was kind of just not doing much with music. We had done a Robinson's record, I don't know, in like 2011. And we did, we're, I don't know, we just had some ideas for the Robinson's of things that we wanted to do. But that was just to kind of, if I wrote some songs, we're going to do this. And I was writing some songs for like movies, like independent films. Um, and then my friend in New Orleans asked me to write a song for his record shop. Uh, which ended up being on a split vinyl with pairs. Um, and so like, there was just a lot of little things I was doing. And so um, ho- rather than going to a studio, home recording just really started to catch my eye. And uh, I was going to start to work with, just for all these little projects I had where I didn't know what I was going to call it. We, we were thinking it would just be the Robinsons. And um, so I contacted my brother and I said, I really want to start doing some home recording because there's all the stuff I want to do. And I, you know, I can't really go in the studio to do like this, this record store theme song or this, you know, this, this thing that I want to do. And so, uh, so we, so we kind of worked through it and he showed me some stuff that he had been doing. And um, we recorded a couple songs, like I said, like one for a movie, one for that record shop. And so the Euchers were coming to town um, to record and they were all baseball. So, so it was like, I know there are baseball bands out there, but I, they asked me to come out to the studio and maybe sing some harmonies. And I went out there and, and again, it was just like being around this awesome, like Ramones core stuff about baseball, which I love baseball, you know, Brandon loves baseball. And, and that's where I met say, Jeremy. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I met Jeremy from the Euchers and uh, he lives here. Brandon was in town to record with, with Jeremy. Uh, so I met Jeremy and, and we hit it off. And so this was uh, like 2013. And so, um, 
I was like, guys, this stuff's awesome. I'm not doing anything. I'm going to write some songs about baseball for you and you can have them. And so uh, I went home and I started writing some songs about baseball. And like 2014, I sent them, they were going into the studio again that next year. And I sent them like, I don't know, I had like 10 songs. Um, and this is what became the Good Eye record, the first Vista Blue record. I had all these songs, mm -hmm. Tommy Broke the Water Cooler, like all these songs. I sent it to them. Well, these guys are like prolific songwriters and they're awesome too. And they had a pile of songs and they really didn't need mine. So they ran out of time at the studio and, and really didn't get to any of my songs. And so I was like, whatever, that's cool. You know, I got these songs sitting there. So when I was telling my brother, um, I got all these little projects, but I really would like to use these baseball songs and let's just do like an EP or an album of songs about baseball. And uh, we're like, well, it won't be the Robinsons. Let's name it something maybe baseball related. And, um, you know, we thought back that the playground that we used to play at in New Orleans was called Vista, Vista Park. And um, when we had too many teams, they would make us pick colors. So like if there were nine and 10 year olds, where we had like three teams. We'd have to be like Vista Red, Vista Blue, Vista White. Uh, which was our colors but if you had a bunch of teams somebody would have to be like Vista Green which didn't make sense but so uh <laughs> so one year my my brother's last year he was like 14 uh playing in like a pre-prep basketball league and I was it was like my first year of college so I was like 18 or 19 and I coached his team and we were Vista Blue and this is around when we started playing music and we always thought it'd be hilarious if, if Vista Blue was, was a band name because no one would know what it was. And That's great. Yeah, so here we were, this is like 20 years later and uh, we're like, I don't know, what do you, what, let's call it Vista Blue. So that's how we came up with the name. We had all these songs written about baseball, but of course, like that wasn't all I was going to do, but that was all anyone thought we were going to do. So, so then we started doing like these interviews and people were calling us a baseball band and we're like, oh, we're not really a baseball band. Wait, just wait, give us some time. So, uh, but in 2015, we did three baseball releases and then finally a Christmas release at the end of the year. So there was a lot of confusion about if we're a baseball band or whatever, but it just that I had piled up like 20 baseball songs. So. See, and, and you know what? You answered two questions that I had. <laughs> this, this, this is why I do like a very loose yeah, yeah. Uh, conversational podcast is because sure. like I know eventually my questions are going to get answered. You know, all my bullet points are going to get answered. Right. You answered the the name Vista Blue. I was going to ask you what, what that was a reference to. So that's great that I got the story of that. And how you guys came to start out doing mainly songs about baseball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so then it just was like, all right, we're going to have to do baseball songs every year. You know, so, so we've done a baseball release every year. You know, and I came across a little thing on your band camp. Your, your guys' band camp is great because you each like one of your releases has a little like quip of, <laughs> of information. I, I know. And I, when I was going through the band camp, I was, I was taking notes um, from there. And it says here in 2015, Mark Houston interviewed <laughs> us for Zinc, a baseball magazine. We'd released our debut album about baseball and had two more baseball EPs planned that year. Mark told us if you don't want to be known for baseball theme <laughs> band, you're going about it all wrong. And this has kind of been the story of Vista Blue, as some see it, I suppose. What is that? Is what is that on? That would have been on oh, something early. Which yeah, one, which, 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 <laughs> that's which, funny. Hold on, hold on. I'll, 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 I'll go to the band cam, but I'll look. Oh, it's right. not, it's not a big deal. But that's funny. Um, I think it might have been. Oh shoot! It was one of your early, early yeah, yeah. releases. The other funny thing about that interview um, from that zine is that uh, Mark, uh, who's awesome, I love Mark. He actually did the liner notes for one of our baseball releases later. Um, 
he, yeah, so he said something, I think it was in that same part of the conversation. And I think my brother said something like, you know, we'll write about anything. It's not just baseball. And um, I said, I think I said, I want to do like some Olympic songs. And, and my brother said, I'll do songs about curling. I don't care. You know, like we were just joking. And so when the Olympics came back around or started to, he like jumped on my Facebook, Mark, and he said, hey, remember you guys said you were going to do curling? And I said, I, I don't know. I said, we we're just being dumb. I said, I would do curling songs if the Zambonis, this, I don't know if you ever heard the Zambonis. I've heard of the Zambonis. Yeah, oh, yeah. So they're hockey rock since the early 90s. They've, they've played at NHL All-Star Games. They, they were a major inspiration for Vista Blue, right? I mean, if I'm going to write songs about baseball, the Zambonis, a hockey band, are, are major inspiration. So I didn't know those guys. We had used their songs on an old sports podcast I did. Um, and so I just kind of knew them online. And so I tagged the singer for the Zambonis, just being stupid. I said, I, I do something about curling if the Zambonis joined us. And uh, Dave from the Zambonis said, let's do it. Next thing I knew, we had uh, we were doing a seven-inch split with the Zambonis for songs about curling for the Olympics, and it's been one of our best releases that we've ever done. Um, that's great. So and that's like, all from that first interview with Mark and that baseball scene. Yeah. And you know what? And you you it, it's so cool because like obviously you you go out of your way to do to do different things. Obviously, at first it was baseball, and then you were you you did the the, the Summer Olympics. And you did uh, seasons. You did uh, what about like songs based on horror movies? Oh yeah, tons of this. And then eventually you you end up developing into to what you've put out recently, which is uh, a whole album about the movie The Outsiders and, and the book, the book and the movie, the the book and the movie. Of right. course, the book and the movie. Yeah, they, <laughs> they're they're separate entities. Um, um, but I I just find it really cool, like. I'm all for, I know, I know some people like worry about bands who are kind of, you know, kind of kitschy in, in what they do, you know, like, you know, some people might not like a band because they're, they're this themed or that themed. But what I like about your band is you guys can put out an album about anything and it, it just, it, the blue, it wouldn't be a completely new band. Right, unless and we I do really, Ralphie's Red Riders, where we where we make up a new band just to do songs about the movie A Christmas Story. Yeah, like but, you would just make an album about the Christmas Story if you wanted to. And that's I, what we I, did. We have have you not heard? Yeah, you have to check Ralphie's Red Riders. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh yeah, that, that's, that's right. That's right. I have listened <laughs> to that. Oh, so boy. that was yeah, that was funny because uh, we thought that would be funny to change the name. Just in case they were like, there's some people that don't like Vista Blue. I mean, I'm not dumb. I mean, I get it. And so we just kind of, we said, this would be funny if we just made out like this was Ralphie, you know, Flick and Schwartz. And, and they're recording this Ramon score album, you know, based on their life in home in Indiana. But anyway, I'm, I don't mean to interrupt you. But yeah, yeah, you're right. It's all Vista Blue. Uh, I, I write the songs and we make the records that we would, that we want to make and that we would want to listen to. It's never, you know, with, with Bandcamp and, and with home recording, like, it's never about who's going to hear it and who's going to listen to it and who's going to care. Um, you know, we found that people do listen and people do care. And that's like the support that we've gotten with this band is just amazing. Considering that, you know, 20 years ago, the Robinsons we were playing a hundred shows a year. You know, it's like now we don't play live shows at all. And we just sit home and, and make funny records about the outsiders or whatever. And, and people support it more than ever now you know like yeah think about where we came from it's like play this show play that show people will hear us pass out flyers and it's like now it's just about making the fun music that that we want to make that we would want to listen to if you told me there's a band that records an album about a christmas story and the outsiders you know 
Um, that's what I would want to listen to. So. <laughs> that's great. Um, the, that interview, that section of that interview was from uh, Andrew Have a Pizza. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's like a little, it's a little blurb after it mentions. Yeah, this, so that's so what, what happened there is like there are these people. Um, I can name some. I'll I'll name Timbo from Mutant Pop. Uh, there are people <laughs> who say like you know you're playing pop punk songs. They should be about girls. And my answer to that is like, look how old I am. Why why would I sit here and write songs about girls? If I'm gonna mm-hmm. write a song about a girl, it's gonna be about Pony Boy and Cherry. It's gonna be about I don't know. I might do an album about Friday Night Lights, right? It might be about, you know, Saracen and, and, and Julie Taylor. I don't know. That sounds fun. Maybe I'm going to do that. Um, but, <laughs> you know, I can write songs about, um, I can write songs about um, Jamie Lee Curtis and Halloween. You know I mean? That's a song about a girl, but it doesn't have to be the typical pop punk stuff that we were writing 10, 20 years ago with the Loblaws and the Robinsons. And so uh, I think Tossing and Turning with the Loblaws, for instance, is that's like, that's that's a song about a girl and like I'm, i did that and that song is good and i love that song and what am i gonna do right tossing and turning 20 times i mean mm-hmm. I, you know i know it works for some bands and i i love some bands that sing about girls but it's not for me i mean i i listen to fountains of wayne so much and i listen to, to, to stuff like that it's like you know beatles whatever like i want to tell stories you know and that's what i want to do and so i love it that you you brought up fountains of wayne yeah because yeah, I, mean, I i i was just watching something on youtube recently about fountains of wayne oh, yeah. and how underrated that band is yeah it's how funny. prolific those two songwriters are in that in, in that band yeah it's it's really criminal that they're not just some of the hugest two of the hugest rock stars were in adam's case right i mean yeah, yeah I, their legacy is gonna live on i mean people are gonna be hearing their songs in movies and movies and the radio more than much more than stacy's mom of course you know mm-hmm. um, forever i mean yeah those two guys it, and, and so the story writing uh you know i learned from the beatles i learned from fountains of wayne i learned from dr frank and and that's you know i just want to tell stories usually funny and so so yeah so that thing that and you have a pizza was like people like timbo saying like you should write songs about girls and me going no but then finally going all right look i'll do it here here's here's some songs about girls just just because like i can do it yeah it's like kind of me being sarcastic but the thing about that is if you listen to it it's like they're not like one of them on there is like don't go out with judy she'll break your heart it's like Mm -hmm. advice to like some dude that this girl is gonna like is not good don't go out with her so it sounds like a song about a girl it's like really kind of telling this guy that don't go out with her uh the yeah. lead in there we're back together is like really not even about a girl it was really about me sort of uh finding interest in other things and not knowing if i was going to keep fist of blue going at the time and um writing that song not having lyrics yet and being like yeah it's kind of like i i thought about leaving music for a minute but then it's like no you know it's like can't leave music you know and so like if think about if i had said that to anyone if i had made this announcement like on facebook i'm quitting i'm not playing music anymore how silly it would seem to everybody if i then started making music again and then i took that to like, mm-hmm. high school relationship again just to kind of be sarcastic and show people that i could write songs about girls so that's yeah that's kind of what that uh ep was about that's funny and you know what and i think that's great too because i was i was having a conversation uh, with, with a buddy of mine about the whole ramones core um, subgenre, which I'm, I'm a huge fan of. I'm, I'm friends with a lot of people that are part of that genre. But 
at some point, when do you quit writing songs about high school? When do you quit writing songs about boyfriend, girlfriend things? I mean, you're, you go in through your 30s, and you're like me, I'm 41 years old. It's like, at what right. point do you go? There's other things I should be writing about. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, and if I do it, it's purely purely from a sense of either nostalgia, maybe, but usually it's going to be observation or just straight sarcasm. You know, it's like, mm. so So something I observe um, and that I see and that I could write a song about it, um, you know, that happens. Uh, one of my first songs I wrote in college was called Another Girl and it was played on college radio and it was awesome. And it was like, literally, I was at a gas station and this guy pulled up and he saw his friend and he said, are you still with so-and-so? And he said, no, nah, I found another girl. And so I thought that was hilarious. And I wrote a song. Yeah. So, I mean, things like that will, will catch my attention. I'll think it's funny. Um, and, but usually it's like these days if I'm writing a song about a girl, it's like Ponyboy and Cherry. I can see this relationship there and I can write about that, you know? And so that's, that's how it happens now. <laughs> Kind of put you in, in in a group of 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 bands that that have 
really been more on my radar and bands that I'm listening to heavily and happen to be friends with your, your band, especially um, Kelsey bad grammar. Oh yeah. And lesser creatures. Oh yeah. yeah. And I feel like you three and, and we can throw radio bus kills in there too, because sure, yeah. you, you guys go about it. The, the, that, that group of bands goes about it very similar ways whether it's sarcastic or observational or tongue-in-cheek, you guys will do relationship songs, but come at it left-field. Right. You know, like when you think you're going to zig, you zag, you know? (laughs) Um, And I like that because that's at some point, that's what you kind of got to do, especially the more life experience you live, the different viewpoints you have as you get older. So now you kind of, you can take that sarcastic, uh, kind of more the observational person and apply that to your lyrics instead of it always being I in this moment, I in this moment, I in this moment. You can put a different spin on it. Well, think about those people. So John John and I host a, a horror podcast together, John from Kelsey Backgrammer. Yes, that's um, correct. Yeah. yeah, it's called After Midnight, and, and he's awesome. Um, and then um, you mentioned Nick, uh, Lesser Creature. So and then, you know, I throw people like Grim Deeds in there. Um, oh, yeah, Grim. Can't forget Alex him, from yeah. Atomic Treehouse. So these guys, like, these guys are so talented, um, intelligent, uh, just just versatile guys, right? And so mm-hmm. think about how much we'd be missing out on if, if they, the songs would be catchy if they were just about girls, right? Mm-hmm. And I'd still listen to them, but I know now that I'd be missing out on so much if that's all they sang about, right? So, exactly. And I'm yeah. glad you brought up Alex, too. I yeah. I, I love Atomic Treehouse. Uh I've I've had him on the program as well as oh today. awesome I missed that one I need to yeah I need to catch that one I've heard I've, I've, I've had John on too actually. yeah yeah I definitely heard that one yeah yeah but um yeah uh, I I really just like that I I think it's because the older I get I'm, I'm married I have kids oh yeah I look at the world so differently that like when I listen to like when I listen to your band especially uh you guys I I you I can't pigeonhole your band in one specific thing. It's very easy for me to just generically say power pop um, because that's I feel like that encompasses more so than Ramon's core or, you know, alternative. Sure. I feel alternative so generic. Right. But like when I listened to your band, we mentioned Fountains of Wayne and we mentioned um, uh, who else did we mention for me of the Beach Boys? Oh, yeah. Uh, I hear Weezer. And, oh, we're, we're as much Weezer and Fountains of Wayne as, as the remotes, of course. Yeah. I didn't, and I know the, the, a couple of your songs, I hear Reggie and the Full Effect. Yeah. Uh, which I'm that. a huge fan of Reggie and the Full Effect. Um, the cars and the tubes and the rentals. I, oh, yeah. I, yep. I hear all that stuff. And I'm a sucker for keyboards. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I, I really am. I, you know, I always joke around like, why don't more punk bands have keyboards? Um, oh, because it's not punk, right? Of course. Yeah, it's so fucking punk, though, man. The Ramones didn't have them, so nobody uses them, right? Nah, that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, um, yeah, like, I always, you know what? I have even, like, bands like Motion City Soundtrack. And uh-huh. um, just to being able to, to use the keyboard. I mean, I, I remember when... Um, oh, who was it that uh put out the album a couple of years ago? Um, oh, Mar- Marion from the windowsills, other band, Giant Eagles. Oh, yeah, those guys, yeah. I remember when that's some talented stuff there, 
you had his talented stuff, but I remember yeah. when it came out, I go, fuck more keyboards. I fuck, I cannot <laughs> stop craving that. Like it, it, it's, it makes the music so much different. Right. It, it puts a spin on, you know, just your traditional guitar, bass, drums, obviously, but even lyrically, it just, it makes everything much more dynamic. And I just love the fact that you guys use keyboards so heavily in your stuff. Yeah, I try to. And also, I can't really play the guitar. So, <laughs> I mean, I play a little. You know, I do. I joke. Um, I, on the Outsiders record, on Stay Gold, I brought in uh, my cousin, Christopher, plays a couple of the lead parts. And then also, we were super lucky, Jeff Erg, um, Jeff Shrek from the Ergs played yeah. on Marsha. He, he just killed it. Um, my friend Richard, who plays a lot of lead guitar for us, he just got really busy this summer when we were recording. And uh, I just reached out to Jeff and was like, I, you know, I wrote this and I heard you from the beginning. And I know you're busy, but if you can, I mean, he did it in like two days. I mean, he just, it was amazing. So um, I'm also really lucky that I've got friends who, yeah, if I don't want to put a keyboard here, I want to try something else. I've got so many talented friends that are always, like, I'm just really lucky that people are always willing to jump in and, and, and help. I mean, just across the board, there are so many friends that have helped me over the last 25 years, you know? So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's part of it is like, I can handle keyboards. I can do stuff like that, but sometimes I need to bring in, you know, like a real guitar player, you know? So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nick Spoon has played lead on one of our songs. Oh, really? Yeah, he played on the... Uh, the Halloween EP we did last year, the slasher film songs, um, the Terror Train song, Magic on His Train. That's Nick. Oh, okay. And actually, it's like his lead guitar. You probably love it because it's his lead guitar. Then I go to a keyboard in the middle of the solo. So. Yeah, that is yeah. a rad song. I listened to that <laughs> earlier, too. I, 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 I kind of jumped around. Obviously, I listened to um, the new album, and I bounced around just to refresh in myself. Because sure, yeah. your catalog is just so extensive. I mean, in a matter of what seven years? I mean, you got it. it's like fifty it, releases, and that's just digital. There's right, there's all the physical stuff. I mean, yeah. Again, I'm, I'm like, just—it's like I can write this stuff, but it's also like Mark, you know, who who records with me. Uh, my brother in the beginning, but he kind of he got busy, and so mm -hmm. yeah, Mark uh, plays all the bass, and he'll jump in on some guitars and some vocals and stuff. So I mean, really, I couldn't do it without without Mark. And then of course there's Reese, who, who's our drummer, and, and he does some vocals and other stuff for us. And it's, it's like I I can write these songs, but then I send them to them, and, and they jump in too. So yeah, I mean, it's like 50 releases digital you know in seven years um and then like were you trying to say like power pop it's funny because power pop people get kind of mad if people say we're power pop because we're not that jangly birds or teenage fan club kind of sound you know? oh so, i get it yeah and, and, and it's funny but then like punk people really get mad because we're not punk we're definitely power pop i think you know um mm. So it's it's tricky. We uh we were really fortunate we got to do the record at uh Ardent Studio in Memphis. And that was like the one time where we're, we're like we went to the studio because of Big Star and Gin Blossoms and and, and stuff like that. It's like That's awesome. that was the one time I like actually bought like a specific pedal to kind of sound like, you know, maybe like a teenage fan club or a gin blossoms like take away that buzz send it to uh perry lean house to to master a mix for us you know it's like that that's like our most polished like power pop record you know but then of course we were like came home from the studio that that week and, and recorded tricks and treats for like probably most pop punk album <laughs> <laughs> and i'm so glad that you brought up gin blossoms because uh gin blossoms are one of my favorite all-time bands i know they're like underrated right i mean so underrated yeah, yeah those 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 two albums 
that I've owned those on vinyl. Maybe, you know, oh, had T-shirts over the years. And yeah. I keep going back to the, those two albums, especially New Miserable Experience. The songwriting is just so good. So good. So good. So, and, the, and to know that that band had three songwriters in that band. Right. And how prolific they were. And they just, you know, they lost one of their members. And they just went, you know what? We're going to regroup. And we're going right. to pick up the slack. And we're going to do it. And they put out just as equally good second album. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I just, I always have a, a soft spot for the Jim Blossoms. I have soft spot for bands like Toad the Wet Sprocket. And I... And, just anything like that you brought you brought up big, big star uh, even stuff like rem like i always kind of go oh they made they made a record at arden too yeah that was i mean just the list of people that recorded arden that's what we're like we need to go there and make a power pop record and, and we did it you know so i've always transcribed it the thing is like yes i love punk rock yes i i, I identify as a punk i've identified as a punk since i was 13 but at the same time like i love so much music that you know and you just like okay what's wrong with liking power pop what's wrong with liking doo-wop what's wrong with liking you know alt country what's wrong with liking all these other subgenres that are out there like why can't you just like stuff if it sounds good well that's why we were lucky like growing up in the scene in new orleans it was totally different from most places i've experienced in that we were immediately accepted by the punk community because we went out to shows, we stood up front, we watched the bands, we rarely ever took money from the door, we, you know, let everybody use our equipment, whatever. Like, we weren't punk, but the punk fans liked us and the, and the punk crowd liked us. And uh, I remember our first show that we played, like, at a DIY space, oops, sorry, uh, in New Orleans, um, we... I don't know. I don't think they, they understood quite what we were doing. You know, it was a little too much Weezer probably for this crowd. And <laughs> we broke, of course, you know, your first like show where you're trying to introduce yourself to a new audience. We broke a bass string oh. of all things. And, uh, and so I played two songs, uh, acoustic. I think one was a Ramon song and then one was an MTX song. And you could see at that moment, the crowd like kind of see, oh, okay. I get like the background here. You know, it's like these guys like dig pop punk but they're more power pop with it. And the lyrics are, are like pop punk lyrics, but with this power pop sound. And so it was really cool. And, and so we would play, you know, for years, we would play like these, like whatever basements, coffee shops, wherever with like, there would be like a Zydeco band. There would be like, you know, a funk man. There would be a punk man. There would be like, our shows were just so awesome and so eclectic and, and, um, yeah, it was just a lot of fun. And so we kind of got spoiled in that we thought that was what a real punk community was like. And then you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's not really like that. And Nashville is the complete other side. Nashville is the worst. And so, <laughs> you know, if you don't play mainstream or country, it's pretty useless. You know, so. Pretty useless. So, yeah, so moving from New Orleans to Nashville at 30 was a rude awakening. And that's that's why home recording and band camp and things like that have really helped me. Well, that's great, and I'm <clears throat> I'm glad you touched on the New Orleans scene, because for a, a, a couple of years, my brother <clears throat> moved down to. Oh yeah, and uh, he he went to ULL down there uh, for his master's degree, cool. and he always told me like how that area, like you know, they'd have like you know like these big like these live free concerts like in the middle of like the square and like he saw like Joan Jed and like yeah. Better Than Ezra and. Yep. 
he was just like, it's different down there, John. Like, don't get me wrong. Ohio and Pennsylvania aren't, you know, like, you know, like bands don't come there. Like, there's definitely like a sense of community within bands, but it's, I love hearing about different places because like, I've never been to New Orleans. I've never been to Louisiana, but my brother has, and he was able to share those stories with me. Yeah. I mean, Lafayette is going to be a little more like Baton Rouge, which still Baton Rouge may be a better scene today than New Orleans. I mean, the, the scenes down there are great. Um, I, I just remember like when we first went to Baton Rouge, I went on KLSU and did an interview there. And we like just immediately accepted Baton Rouge as well. Like, just yeah everything like playing music in our 20s in in louisiana between baton rouge and new orleans was just everything you you could think of you know it's like you know no money or fame but like people at your shows singing your songs and and you know that's really all you can want yeah that's awesome (laughs) it's cool that you got to experience that young because like had you always been in the situation where you were in nashville you would probably have a different view of music at a young age yeah, because you'd probably feel defeated living someplace that you know country and mainstream music are thriving more than anything. But you got to look at it from the angle of being from Louisiana, being from New Orleans, and yeah. got to see such an eclectic mix of music. Whether, like you said, Zydeco or um, you know whatever else was going down in, in the punk scene going down there. You got it's also to just more of a sense of community. Right. Like all the musicians are like equal. Like I've never met like Trombone Shorty or Kermit Ruffins, right? Mm-hmm. But I have no doubt that if I did, like if I ended up on a stage with them, like whatever, like somebody invited me out to play, like Trombone Shorty, I have no doubt would just be like, "Hey, how's it going? Let's go, let's play." You know, like like yeah. of, like you mentioned better than Ezra. I have like encountered those guys in, in different ways. And like, we're not, I won't say we're friends, but like what little I know and what little experience I have with them, they're like the nicest dudes. Like they're you would not know they weren't just like a DIY band, not like an MTV band. You know what I mean? Oh, um, yeah. We co- we covered, um, well, in 2016, we covered a Better Than Ezra song. Um, we did uh, this time of year. And I'm oh, friends, that's right. Yeah, yeah right. and I'm friends with those guys on, on social media just through mutual friends, right? Like I said, mm-hmm. we're not friends. But I just like sent it to Kevin Griffin and he like shared it on all his social media. Like, but you that's know, like awesome. not, you know, like you can see if you covered some MTV band, how often are they going to share your cover? You know? so, oh, absolutely. Right. So, no, I mean, those guys, like, um, and I don't, we've been talking, we're basically a 90s band, I guess is what it comes down to. But I don't know if you remember <laughs> the New Orleans band. They were, they were on radio a little bit, um, Cowboy Mouth. You remember those guys? It sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, like that, their song on the radio would have been like Jenny says. Um, but, oh, okay. Yeah. I know that song. Those, okay. I mean, those guys are, are just awesome as well. I've dealt with them and, and have and have done stuff with them. Um, I wrote for a magazine in New Orleans. It was like a business magazine. It was so boring. But whenever I would could could work music into an article, I could get a quote from one of those guys. Like they would always help me out with a quote. Like so, I mean, it's just it's totally different. Um, the uh you know the so the record recorded and art at, at art and studio there's a cover on there by a new orleans band um and and it's co-written by vance degeneres who's of course the brother of ellen like vance had that whole band um this is the cold they're an early 80s new orleans band that whole band has just been great to us and like oh, wow that song that we covered three chord city uh, was recently named by Offbeat Magazine in New Orleans, like one of the best like 300 songs ever recorded 
in New Orleans. Like Those that's a lot of easy. Hey. You know, so um and yeah, we were like, hey, we just we we reached out and we're like, we're going to uh Arden, we really want to record this song. They're like, Yeah, cool, we'll do it. Um so it just yeah, that whole scene, just everybody that whole early 80s scene fascinates me. All those cowboy mouth guys were in these like punk bands. Uh, then you get to the late 80s, early 90s, and you get the better than Ezra kind of stuff. And um, yeah, and, and then by the mid 90s, they're all like on the radio, you know, like these mm -hmm. rock bands. And so, and, and there's really nice guys. Everything, every encounter I've ever had with all those guys. So again, it could be like a DIY punk band, or it could be these guys who, who you know, or playing house of blues and the, the big venues down there and yeah. and they're all like pretty if you meet them and hang out with them they're all pretty equal you know see and that's and that's really cool and 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 like like i, I love that we, we were talking about better than ezra because that first album is one of my favorite 90s albums too oh yeah um i keep uh i keep always like every now and again i'll be like oh, i'm in the mood for something different blah blah, blah. and then i go you know what I want better than Ezra, and I go, I look for deluxe, or I'll throw my CD in, or whatever, and just to close my. It's just such such a brilliant record. Oh, I mean, we we love it. I mean, Friction Baby is my favorite. That's the second one. And yeah, then, that's a good. And one. then that's from there, they, I mean, they kept Orleans, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a great album. I sat there as the movie ended. No one around, I was alone I had just two things on my mind Paul Newman and a ride When I stepped out into the sunlight From the dark to the unknown I had just two things on my mind Paul Newman and a ride I guess it's too amazing Before I let you go, I definitely want to talk about um, definitely want to talk about your most recent album, Stay Gold. Um, sure. Just because, dude, it's it's so fucking good. <laughs> Thank you. It really is. I mean, from from the moment you start with Paul Newman and the Ride Home, <laughs> uh, it's it's just. I know you're. I know you're taking inspiration from a book, right? And and of course a movie, but. It's the subtleness of your lyrics that has me going back and like, I need to rewatch this movie or I need to reread this book. 
Yeah, it's the book because uh, there are a lot of friends who know the movie really well, like most people do, mm-hmm. and are asking me what the references are. And, and yeah, I'm just like, read the book. I guess I guess that's all I can tell you because you do miss a lot. I know they're pretty yeah. close, but there are a lot of things that you can't get into. There's a whole like there's a whole rodeo scene in the book, you know, and you learn about like soda pop was into the rodeo, and and that's where. You know, he mm. talks about in the country, we have the last songs in the country, and that Tony Boy really wants to live in the country and have horses. And mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff doesn't come out in the movie, you know? No, it doesn't. And I like that you went because it, make, it makes me want to go back and read the book. Yeah. And it should. makes me want to go back and actually reconnect with these characters again. Oh, yeah. Because, like, you, you, you could have, I mean, you could have taken the easy way out and covered stuff from the movie. Just rewatch the movie and take notes as you're watching the movie, right? Right. But you went and you you went the literary route. You, you went back to the book, which is 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 fantastic. Um, and and you did it the right way. And 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 and, and let me ask you a question: Is 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 that because you're a teacher that you find yourself one to go more the the traditional route when when you're when you're coming up with ideas as as opposed to just now that we live in like this digital age and everything's at our fingertips. Uh, I it could be subconsciously. I think with that one, it's just the connection. Well, maybe because I've taught the book so much. So maybe mm-hmm. I just have a deeper connection to that book. Um, but I mean, I read it when I was 10 and I loved it. So, I mean, it's just like that character development. Again, to me, the movie and the book feel like they're such the same. And, and so like, as I'm, as I'm working on that album, I'm telling everybody we're writing the, uh, this album about the outsiders and they're, they'll go like the movie. And I go, yeah, yeah, that's the same thing. But then I, re- I read that book three times over the, over the year that I wrote this album. Uh, this is the longest I've worked on anything Vista Blue related by far. Uh, I thought you I was going to tell. Yeah, I thought I was going to do it last summer. Um, and and um, I, I read the book and started writing some songs. And it was this thing where like Paul Newman and Ride Home was like this power pop song, jangly kind of thing. And I was like, well, it needs to be the opener, and this is not an opener. So I rewrote that whole song. So the song that you hear is just totally rewritten. Cherry, I wrote three times. This is the third version of Cherry because, like, Cherry oh, to wow. me had to be like the single. Like that's what if 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 I'm just a casual fan or I don't know this band, and they're making a pop punk album about the Outsiders, I want to hear your Cherry song. What are yep. you, you know what I mean? What's your cherry? Like, I'll start there and then I'll go, okay, this is legit, you know? And so cherry had to be perfect to me. And, and I really like the version I came up with. Um, as you know, I guess I write a lot of songs. And so I have like probably between 40 and 50 song ideas, um, wow. at least snippets, you know, like demos on my phone. Um, mm-hmm. One day I should put, I took a screenshot recently and I should post that screenshot with all the like, like demos that I had for stay gold. Um, Love but great. yeah, so I narrowed it down to the 10. Um, and again, a lot of those songs were rewritten. Like I said, like I thought it was going to be last summer and then I thought I'd do it by like, Christmas. And I just kept like, I don't know. I just kept like redoing drafts. and like, I didn't want a song called stay gold, but it had to be in there. And finally I, I took this Jay mountain song I had and I made that the stay gold song. It's like, this mm-hmm. is, we're not going to say stay gold. We're not, but we're going to get all of that Robert for our poetry and imagery into this song because jay mountain is where that happened and so yeah um yeah i guess the right you know i'm I'm also a writer not just a songwriter so i guess the writer in me was like taking this se hinton characterization and all this imagery and all these themes and making the 10 best songs that i can make from it where like ralphie's red riders was about like taking the joke was like taking like 10 seconds and making songs out of them and Mm -hmm. that is basically infinite i could probably make five records about a christmas story 
the outsiders Oops. that's going to be tougher because the outsiders like it's really fast you know it's like this stuff really happens quickly um there's not as much depth like there's like uh, a christmas story is like a lot of these little scenes and gene shepherd's is genius right it's like all mm -hmm. these little scenes put together where the outsiders are a really tight story you know and, and book ended with that perfect paul newman and a ride home line you know it's like just a perfect book ended action-packed story i don't think i'm going to revisit it i think i i, I did the best I could with 10 songs, you know what I mean? So um, I wanted them to be the best they could be. And I spent a year on it. I read that book three times um, over the course of the year and just kept rewriting songs and fixing the lyrics and everything. So. And that's, and you, and you can tell, and it, it just, I mean, we're just, we're just tipping, you know, we're just at the tip of the iceberg with Paul Newman, a ride home. Right. I mean, you mentioned cherry, which is dude, smart decision, smart decision, reworking <laughs> it to have that be the single. Cause it's so, it's our i mean it it's probably my number one song of the year josh rutledge who is amazing i love josh um he does faster and louder and he mm -hmm. had, i think i think he's reviewed us oh god i don't know what the number is it's a, over 20 times it's a lot of reviews and he's like just the best dude uh, even though I let him in my fantasy league and he and he won my fantasy football league last year, <laughs> kind of a jerk. But um he yeah, like he said so anything he says I listen to because I really value his opinion. And mm -hmm. he made a comment somewhere that he thought Cherry might be my best song. And I mean, that's, you know, I don't know, I don't, but it's a lot, it's high. Premium. It's definitely, it's, if, <laughs> if, if it's not your best, it's top five for sure. And and that's I mean, got your I keyboard, your synth line in it, you know, instead of guitar, I use keyboard. It's just, it's just, it's just a, it's just a, I, I, I fancy myself a writer as well, even oh, though cool. I've never been published. I've only been in a couple bands where, where I was a, a, a part songwriter. Yeah. I mean, I do, I do my own project now, but that's, you know, I don't really do much with that as far as releasing. Um, but like, I love wordplay. I love the art of songwriting. I love the structure of writing and Cherry is just, it reminds me of who Cherry was. It reminds me of who the character was for a movie that I haven't seen such a long time ago, but I just picture her. Right. I picture her and it's the same feeling as you get when you're reading a book. That's why reading a book is so important is that you, you can create the visualization in your head. And that's what cherry. That's why I think cherry is probably one of your best songs is well, because you. from the first fucking note to the end of it, <laughs> I'm transported to, cherry and that's that, awesome it, yeah that's the point i guess <laughs> yeah i mean maybe i'm kind of being maybe i'm kind of looking too much into it but i know when i write i trying to be descriptive is enough even though the, the typical person might not look at those those subtle things as anything but oh, okay it's just rhyming it, it, it it's it's hard to write a song being descriptive and trying to make it fit and trying to make it fit the structure and you did all that in a minute and 32 seconds. <laughs> it's super short. It's in that's in that's a great song. And I love in the country because we talked about that too. I love Jay Mountain. I love Marsha. We so turn Marcia, it up. Marsha's my uh, my attempt on at an Everly Brothers song. I, I kind of had that. It had that. It had that feel to it. I thought the Greasers would like the Everly Brothers. That's not mentioned. They mentioned that they like Elvis. They mentioned they don't like the Beatles. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they mention uh, Ponyboy mentions Hank Williams scraping on his nerves like sandpaper. That's where that line comes from. Yep, Anyhow. that's right. Yep. Um, but but I just assumed that the Everly Brothers would be probably something that they would like. Um, and then that, that's the one with Jeff Erb on that lead guitar. It just blows me yeah. away. Yeah. So good. And I and I I the one standout track too, just because it's so different from everything else on the record, is we turn it up. <laughs> and I that's where I, that's where the, I had the hint of Reggie in the full effect. Oh, okay. Just, that's uh, that's the one where I brought my cousin Christopher is on the guitar throughout that whole song. Um, but that's Reese, our drummer, singing. Reese. Uh, okay. We we did this little cover band, and Mark moved during COVID. We just we and we were going to play some shows. So we only played one show. We did a cover band and we were like, we're in Nashville. Let's just be stupid and start a cover band. And we got this show. We made some money and we're like, okay, let's not be stupid. Let's actually maybe make money and have fun. And I hate cover bands, but I love these guys. And and, um, we had fun. And so we uh, were called Verb the Noun. Um, and nice. we did a lot of 90 songs, of course. We did some Better Than Ezra, and but Reese was like the lead singer of that. Band. I sang the Better Than Ezra song, but uh, Mark sang a like a, a, a Blink 182 song, I think. But Reese was like Reese and Mark's wife were our lead singers. I just did harmonies and just goofed off. And um, that's cool. Reese has like the best voice that I've ever heard. And when I wrote We Turn It Up, I would I really didn't think that was going to make my, my 10 songs. It was just a goofy idea. They they like Elvis and they hate the Beatles. And I could just, I wanted something. The goal was to get something that showed that the greasers were rowdy. In the book, it talks a lot about how they do gymnastics. This is another thing. In the movie, you see, I think Tom Cruise like flip off of a car. Mm-hmm. And you're like, that's weird. Why is Tom Cruise flipping off of that car? Right. Where'd that come from? In the book, it goes into this whole thing about how Darry knew gymnastics and he taught all of these boys gymnastics. And that's weird. Right. That's kind of different. Yeah. And so, I could just see these guys like running around and like doing flips and cartwheels and stuff like not really typical of what you would expect. But I also imagine that they probably like their music loud. And so not just listening to Elvis, but probably listening to Elvis loudly. So I wrote this song and I sang it and I was like, you know, it's, it's dumb. I'm, I'm not going to do this. But then it clicked in my head. Like if I get Reese to sing the song and I get some killer guitar on it, this is, this is a song. So uh, Reese nailed it. He's amazing. great too because you, you you brought up like the liking certain things i also kind of got the feel of like they'd probably be into like link ray 
you know, they'd be <laughs> yeah. into like this, like this, this crazy new stuff that was coming through because it was loud and abrasive. And, of course, right? And, yeah, and, like and, garage and, stuff, like stuff I don't listen to, but yeah, like a lot of like garage stuff. Yeah, just like the, yeah. the garage and the surf stuff that was coming out. It was right. so abrasive that like you know, middle America had no understanding of it, but those those kids by the tracks, like they would have been into that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, no, that's, that's totally it. That's, that's kind of what I was going for is that these guys, they, they like music and they, they're going to like rock music and they're going to want it loud. That's, that's mm. kind of what I was thinking. I don't know. That's great. And then to finish off the list, you got Friday night, she's a sock. Um, it just, it's a great album. And like I, like I said, I'm not, I, I'm not trying to oversell it. I, I, I've, <laughs> I've listened to it. God, a lot. Um, Thanks. That means a lot. It really it, does. It's just, it's just, and in, in, in it's short too. It's what, like 20 some minutes long. Yeah. 10 um, songs in like 20 minutes. Yeah. Like and it's, it's a super fast listen. And like, I, I hit the first track. I, you know, I go do my dishes or whatever, and then just let it play. And it just, next thing I know it's over. <laughs> and I, I love it. I can't wait to, I can't wait to get, get a physical copy of it. And um, I just want to let the listener know that it's getting released. Actually, when we're recording it today, today September 1st, yeah. um, via Out Loud Records, yep. uh, Matt Bennett's awesome. Yeah, he's the best. Um, and uh, your yeah. your label, Radiant, Ra- Ra- Radiant Radish Records as well. Yeah. And you can pick up the 8-track in September via Little Lost Girl. Yeah, uh, Athena's one of my favorite people in the world. She's awesome. Uh, I talk to her probably almost every day, just like oh, I cool. do, like Nick Spoon. Like we're just we're all friends during the during the pandemic. Yeah, and Nick is really cool. He, Nick is really cool. I always tell him, I was like, just just wait till I come out to Arizona. <laughs> you know, I'm like Stephanie's probably going, oh god, no, not John in Arizona. Uh, <laughs> But um, like I said, you know, her, him and of course Athena, um, the stuff that she does is amazing, and and I'm happy to see more and more people working with her. Oh yeah, because I felt like earlier because she released uh, friends of mine, uh, old band, the Hollywood Blondes. Oh yeah, at, as her second release, and she was still kind of unknown, and I was like, but she's, you know, she's putting out my friend's band. I think that's so rad. That's how she's starting out a comp, and then this. You know, to me, a, a, a just a band from Youngstown, which is where I live. Now, is that the guys? Is that Johnny Three? Or no, am I way no off? it's okay. it's okay. Uh, Johnny Three was um, the main member was JD, who also did Spastic Hearts. Okay, and uh, Jagger Holly. Oh, okay. two of the okay. members of Spastic Hearts, and uh, Angie and Mikey were also in. A band called Rad with Stiv from the Hollywood. That band's awesome. Yeah, I like yeah. That. So they're all interconnected. They're all okay. And then, so then, do you know? And I probably sound really stupid on this podcast. It's been like twenty years. Um, I booked a band when I used to book shows in New Orleans called Hot Carl. Do you know if that's any of those guys? You know what? No, I think okay. Mikey was in the High Life. Okay. Uh, Stiv and Mikey were in a band called the the Reynolds. Well, there was this band called Hot Carl that I thought was from that area. I may be wrong. But, you know um, what? They may have been, but yeah. uh, but they were really awesome. Very screeching weasel. Very, it was really cool. Yeah, it uh, was really... probably like 2004 something like that. Yeah, that would have been around the same time. I don't yeah. know if any of those guys were in there. I, I think I think Johnny Three started in like oh one oh two. Yeah, yeah. I just I, I thought maybe it was something the same, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm not 
too in touch with that stuff up there. You know, but it could have been maybe it was even Columbus or Cleveland sure. or something, right, right. and just inter intersected with 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 the scene. Right. Um, because like I said, the cool thing about Youngstown is like we're between Cleveland and Pittsburgh, but we're only three hours from Columbus. We're only, you know, what nine hours from Tennessee. Like it's right. not. Watch this. out for that! Watch out for that John Galvin guy, though. He's he's bad news. I know, I know. I tried to get him to open up a show that I had, and he was like, he's like three hours from me. Yeah, yeah. the The funny story is, you you you're from a state that my brother went to uh, get his master's degree in, where John lives. Uh, he lives really close to a town called Ada, and my brother went to a college in Ada wow. called Ohio Northern. Wow. So when I started talking to John, like we knew that he was from the similar area where my brother went to college, and you're right. from a similar area where my brother went to went to school also. So there's that 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 connection between Vista Blue, me, and 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 Kelsey Bad Grammar. Cool. So, but um, yeah, okay. I tried to get John to play a show. He's like, yeah, our drummer lives here, and blah blah blah. Yeah, he had trouble like, with yeah with with getting like a drummer and stuff. I know that. Oh yeah, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna see him when uh, when Mom's Basement Fest. Oh yeah, that's gonna be month. amazing. Yeah. yeah, are you gonna try to come up for that? No, I don't think I, I can't really travel like that. Um, I know it's hard because like you're like but, you're like what like nine hours, nine yeah, ten hours. Far. But uh, you know, I'm friends with Pat from uh, you know Classic Pat, and uh, he's really excited about it. Yeah, yeah, I'm really awesome. excited. I'm excited that it's happening um, in in my backyard. Yeah, really. It yeah. just you know that <laughs> I, I I remember I had talked to I had talked to uh John I had sorry, I'd seen a post and John had posted something about being at West Side Bowl, which is a the venue that he's having it at. Right. And I'm like, dude, I'm I I was I was throwing a, a show for one of my bands on my label and I was only like ten minutes away. I'm like, dude, come over, man. I got a I got a show going on, just come right in, you know, I got you. Right. He's like, oh, I can't. I gotta get back to Pittsburgh, and then to come out like a couple days later. That's what that mom's basement was gonna be at at Westside Bowl. Uh, so that's why he was there. So that's why he was there. Yeah. But at first, I had no freaking clue why he was. There. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. But, you guys are gonna have fun. That's gonna be amazing. Yeah, I'll take lots of pictures, lots of videos. Yeah, I love the uh, I love the flyer they put together. All the bands are great. I wish, I wish, I wish we could have been a part of it. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be awesome. That that would that would have been really cool too. Yeah, me too. But um, before I let you go, I'll... oh, real quick, Stagold is also going to be out on cassette. Uh, memorable but not honorable. They've done a couple of cassettes for us, and you know what? Amazing. So uh, it'll be later though, probably a few months or so. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up because I did make a note of it, but I was looking at something else when I was yeah, yeah. when I was busting out the the information. Um, so how how can how can band uh, people get a hold of your band? Um, just like all like that. Yeah, just uh, we are Vista Blue on uh, on Bandcamp and Facebook and everything. We I, we use Facebook, but I use Twitter somewhat. You know, the audiences are different, so sometimes I'm on Twitter like to reach certain people. And, but yeah, yeah, I, mean, I we're, just we're I everywhere. just recently got a TikTok so I could uh, <laughs> show, showcase my label and my in my podcast, and I'm like. My my two teenagers are on there, and I just feel like such an old man. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, you know, Spotify everywhere, everywhere you stream music, uh, reach out to us. You know, we're, try to be nice people, and um, it's not about money, it's not about any of that stuff. Just whatever we can do to get our music out there and help people, and and yeah, we're just like being part of communities. You know, that's what we do. And and please, listener, do yourself a favor and check out. 
uh, not only Vista Blue, but his previous bands, the Robinsons and the Loblaws. Um, do yourself a favor and check out his radio program called The Radiant Radish. That one's actually on hiatus. Just Oh, is that on yeah. hiatus? Well, just because I'm doing, I do a Christmas podcast. It's called Snow in Southtown with my friend Rusty. And we did a Patreon this year and we're doing so much like bonus content and just having a blast with that. It's all like Christmas and Halloween kind of, it's like holiday stuff. It's fun. But uh, uh, so yeah, so the radio shows on hiatus, but definitely check out After Midnight with Johnny Bad Grammar. Uh, yes, we please. do music related discussions about horror movies. So uh, we start with a horror movie like Jason Lives, but we mainly just talk about music the whole time. So uh, uh, that episode was fun because we reviewed Green Room. And so we told some Green Room stories. And uh, that that's a lot of fun. If you're into Kelsey Bad Grammar and or Vista Blue, that's just me and John talking about movies that we like. So and, uh, we're recording tomorrow night. We're talking about Trick or Treat, no, the 80s Trick or Treat. No, of uh, course. And um, Sleepaway Camp. So it's going to be fun. That'll be up oh, this yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I definitely, I, I've caught one episode of it. I definitely want to listen to more of it. Um, and you're available on all this, uh, on all the podcasting sites for that as well, right? Yeah, yeah, that's everywhere. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, Mike, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, it's been quite long in the, in the running to be able to do this. We hit some snags along the way. <laughs> um, totally, yeah. Yeah, but um, I won't get into the ins and outs, but we we, <laughs> we, we, we made up for it. And uh, thank you so much for coming on and bullshit with me. And I, I'd love to have you on in the future, man. Sure. I mean, it's absolutely an honor anytime anyone wants to talk about this goofy music that I make. And I really appreciate it. It's an honor. <laughs> You're welcome, man. Thank you so much again. And you enjoy the rest of your night. And I'll be in touch with you real soon, man. All right, man. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Take care. See you. Bye. Just deep